in these three sessions that we have together, I want to talk to different groups of people, if it's okay. Um, tonight I want to talk to everybody not old enough to vote. All right? And you should know who you are. All right? Yeah, you're, you, got, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Uh, for, you know, our younger kids and our teens, I want to talk to you a little bit tonight specifically. Parents, grandparents, you all can listen, but I, I want to talk to them particularly. Tomorrow morning, uh, I would like to talk to mothers and grandmothers and then to fathers and grandfathers. This is uh, about the family, and I want to share some things with all three groups that I hope will be encouraging to you and instructive as well. Tonight, I want to talk to the kids, and I want to tell them the, one of the hardest parts about being a pastor for me. And, and this is from a long, it's like 25 years of working with children and teenagers. Um, and during that time, uh, the hardest part for me is dealing with the messes in people's lives. And here's what I mean by that. I mean that young people have made decisions that have really hurt their lives. And I have, I, I get to, but sometimes I feel like I have to. It's not pleasant. I have to talk with these young people and their families when there are these tremendous messes. And I've seen some patterns over, the, over these years. And I want to talk to you guys, you younger people, about four really important things. And I want to talk about thinking wise or thinking foolishly, okay? Uh, wise or stupid. And, and I've seen both. And I want to encourage you, even though you're young, even though I so I'm in, you know, fifth grade or I'm in eighth grade, I want to, you guys make decisions now that are so important. And your moms, your dads, and your grandparents, one of their greatest fears about you kids and you teens is, the, is their, their praying that you make right decisions in your life. Because if, they, if, if you don't make right decisions, they know you can end up in a big mess. And I've sat with people in big messes, and I want to tell you about them. I want to tell you about some messes and how you can avoid them. And there are some things that your parents really desire. Parents and grandparents really desire of you. And the first thing I want to talk about is this. This is the biggie, is that you put your trust in Christ and love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and all of your mind. That is the biggest thing. As a mom and a dad, as a dad, that's number one for my young people in my family. This is what they pray for. This is what they hope for. Maybe some of you guys have already done that. You've placed your trust in Christ, and you really, truly love God. You're not playing a game. You really love God. And if so, you are right in line with Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. This is the, one of the key verses of the New Testament. Let me read it to you. And Jesus replied, what we've already said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. Every Christian old person in your life wants this for you more than anything. It is so critical. When I've had some of the young people come and talk to me, troubled families, young people your age, in a mess, one of the first things I will ask them is, after we've gone through the mess and it's all on the table, 
and there's blood and guts everywhere. No, not real blood and guts, but it's just bad. All right? I'll ask that young person, here's the most important thing. Have you trusted Christ as your Savior? Because your life is going to be in a mess until you trust Christ. And your, your life will continue to be a mess without Christ. And once you trust Christ, if you love God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind, and you really follow after Him, and you really mean it, you will have the best life possible on planet Earth. And I mean this. You guys, you young people, this is the best life possible on planet Earth is when you trust Christ and you love God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. You might remember the story of Nicodemus. You guys remember that in John chapter 3. How many of you can say John 3.16 with me? Everybody who's not able to vote. If If you're old enough to vote, shut up. All right? You ready, kids? Say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish. What will they have? Everlasting life. Excellent. Good job. That was said to a man named Nicodemus, and he was a spiritual leader. And he came to Jesus by night because he was afraid to come to him by day because people would see him. And he was embarrassed that he was going to go to Jesus. But can you think of anyone better to ask about eternal life than Jesus? I can't. So he made a really smart decision. And Jesus told him an astounding thing. He said, you have to be born two times. And it freaked him out. He said, wait a minute. I'm a grown man. You say i got to enter into my mother's womb and be born a second time? And Jesus said, no, 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 no. You don't get that. You have to be born physically. And by the way, you wouldn't be here if you had not been born physically. You with me on that? You've all had one birth. Not everybody has two births. And that's really sad when that doesn't happen. Do you know what Jesus said? That the flesh gives birth to flesh. You have already been born and you have flesh. But the spirit gives birth to to spirit. Don't be surprised when I say you have to be born a second time. So something has to happen, and that happens in you when you trust Christ as your Savior. And Jesus described it like this, as being born a second time. Born once, die twice. Born twice, die once. That is the coolest thing in the world, young people. The Bible said if you're just born once, then you're going to have a physical death. And then in Revelation 20, at the great white throne judgment, there will be the second death. That's sad. But you can never really talk about heaven without also talking about hell as well. But if you are born two times, and this is the great news, if you're born physically, which you all have been, and you trust Christ as Savior and you are born two times, You have eternal life. And you just die once. That is one of the greatest things that anybody can know. And I will ask all of you who cannot vote yet this question. Do you know Christ as your Savior? If you do not, 
this would be a great weekend to do that, wouldn't it? This would be a great day. This would be a great evening to trust Christ as your Savior because you cannot do anything more important than that. Please, think wise. Trust Christ as Savior because that will put you on a great, great path. Are you with me? That's number one. Number two is this. Please be wise and honor your parents and your grandparents. And you say, well, wait a minute. That's, that's like we know this stuff. Well, let me tell you, it's really critical because in the Bible it says this. There's a big promise that's associated with this. You know, many of you have heard Ephesians 6, 1 and 2. Your parents might have said it to you a lot. My kids really heard this verse a lot. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it will go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. I love that phrase, that it will go well with you. How many of you young people want a good life. How many of you want a rotten, stinky life? Great. Already you're getting it. Because the Bible says that part of a good life, that it will go well with you, is that it's attached to loving and honoring and obeying your parents. Do you know what happens when there's messes in young people's lives? I'll tell you, and I hear this, I've heard this a lot. They think their parents are stupid. And when I get a teenager or a young person who thinks their parents are stupid, I know they're headed for a mess. They're headed for trouble. Because the Bible talks about how important it is to obey and honor your mom and dad, your grandparents, those who watch over you and have authority over you. It is so important. When I was watching my niece recently... We were, uh, we were trying to find something on TV to wait for uh, supper. And we, we came across the Disney Channel. And the Disney Channel had a show on. And I was sitting there with my niece and we were watching it. And she was looking at me and I was looking at her because we knew this was kind of weird. Because the kids on there had a conversation with their parents and really disrespected their parents. I mean, they talked back to them like the parents were idiots and of course they had laughter on it and there was a big joke but i was thinking man let me tell you they're heading for trouble and then they went they had a school scene and then a teacher came in the room and they mouthed off to the teacher if i would have mouthed off to the teacher like that back when i was young and dinosaurs roamed the earth i would have gotten smacked in the head and they were just making fun and then the principal came in and the principal was made fun of. They had a name for him. And all these young people did was make fun of the people in their life that really had a great interest in how they turned out. It was time and time again. And I looked and we talked about this with my niece and how sad it is, especially that their mom and dad were made to look at, be looked at as just dumb adults. The Bible says, love your parents, obey your parents, Honor them in the Lord, that it will go well with you. That is so, so important. Some of you know my brother Brent. 
and he lives also in Back Creek Valley. Most of you do not know my youngest brother, Wes. My youngest brother, Wes, is eight years younger than me, and my brother has made some tragic choices in his life. He was one of those whose life was a mess. I asked Wes if I could tell his story, and he said I could. When my youngest brother was about 16 or 17, he made some choices that got him in trouble. At school, things he was putting in his body, things that were destructive to him, he made some bad choices. And he began to think that his mom and dad were stupid. That's my mom and dad. And let me tell you, my mom and dad were not stupid. They were wonderful parents, godly parents. But my brother Wes began to think they were dumb, and he dishonored them. He didn't honor them at all. He thought they were dumb. For a while, my brother just kind of lived on the edge. And then he got married. Then he had one child, two children, three children. And then he decided that he had had enough. And he left his wife and his children. And he was gone for eight years. For eight years, I never spoke to him. Tried, but he was still making bad choices, and his life was a mess. It all began when he was young, young, but it had the ripple effects. My mom had cancer surgery during that time. He didn't even call, didn't even care, didn't even get in touch hardly with his family, and it was very sad. It all began when he was young and how he was thinking about his parents and he was not loving the Lord as God. Do you know what happens when you make those choices? Oftentimes your life begins to be a big mess. And my brother, I think, almost died because of the trouble he was in and the things he was putting in his body. For eight years we prayed that God would rescue him and bring him out of his mess. And God did. My brother has been sober for about five years. He got back with his wife, back with his children. But when I talked with my brother, he said, I can never get those eight years back. And he'll always suffer the effects of those eight years walking away from the Lord. When did it all begin? In his 20s or 30s? No. It began when he was young and how he was thinking about his parents and about his God. And guess not. Guess what? It did not go well with him. It went horrible with him. And when I talk to young people who have this attitude about their moms and their dads and their God, I often find that life has not gone well, and there is a mess. I have never had anybody come in to talk with me with a mess in their life who loved the Lord their God, who knew Christ as Savior, and had a great relationship with their mom and dad. It's never happened. Something is always broken down. Young people, it is so important. Please love and honor your parents.
that it may go well with you. Remember, we're talking about thinking wisely or thinking foolishly. Think wisely. Here's the third thing. Please, love God's ways. <laughs> now, how do I say that? It's because when people come and their life is a mess, somewhere along the way, young people, sometimes as teenagers, they've said, God, you and your way are not worth my time. So I'm going to go my own way. And guess what happens? A mess. A mess. A big, fat, hairy, honking mess is what happens. Because they think God's ways are dumb, and they're not going to follow God. They're going to go their way. But let me tell you something about God. The Bible says that his ways are perfect. How is your way? Not perfect. How is God's way? Every time. Perfect. Psalm 1830 says, As for God, his way is perfect. And the word of the Lord is flawless. It also says in James 1.17 that every good and perfect gift comes from God, from the Father of lights. Romans 12.2 talks about that we can commit ourselves to God and he has a will that is good and perfect. His will is. We can follow that perfectness. Psalm 19.7 says, the law of the Lord is what? It's perfect. It's perfect. Isaiah 26.3 says that he gives perfect peace to those whose mind dwells on him. It's perfect. As for God, his way is perfect. How stupid are you to walk away from something that is perfect? You have to be pretty dumb. And yet people do it every day. And when you walk away from the ways of God, you know what you get? Messes. Messes. Please think wisely, young people, and know that the ways of God are so good. Don't have a story where you walked away from the ways of God and had to come back. My brother Wes he said, oh, I would love not to have a stupid story. But I have a stupid story. I have an eight-year stupid story where I walked away from God in all of his ways. And my life went into the toilet. I was living out of the front seat of my car, drinking myself to sleep every night, throwing up out the window. That's how it had to get for me. And then I came back. And now I have this story, this stupid story. But I wish I didn't have it. I wish I would have loved the ways of God. Do you know why? Because they are perfect. Perfect. Young people, never leave them. Love the ways of God. They are the best that you can choose. How many of you, under the age of voting, remember the story of the prodigal son? Do you remember that? Some of you, I see your hands. Now, help me with this. The prodigal son was living with his father, right? And he had this house. He had an older brother who had some issues. We won't talk about the older brother. But the guy said, I don't think my dad's ways are very good. I don't like farm life. I want to go to this city. 
I don't like what my father is or what my father does or anything about where my father works. I want freedom. Freedom! I want to go my own way, which is taking laps around the stupid pool. So he said to his dad, Someday you're going to die. I don't want to wait till you die. Just go ahead and give me the inheritance that you would give me if you died. So the dad divided up all of some of his wealth and gave it to his son. And then what happened? The son went to the city. What did he do there? He settled down and got a responsible job and became a productive citizen. Right? No. No. What did he do? What did he do? Do you remember? With all of his money. Huh? He wasted his money. And you know how the Bible describes it? In riotous, stupid living. He just frittered it away with his friends and just partied and just had a great time. And did he have friends while he was partying? Oh, yeah. Everybody wanted free drinks. But what happened when he ran out of money? What happened to his friends? Vamoose. They were out of there. And then there was a famine in the country. But he found a job, a nice paying job, feeding pigs. Ew, yeah. Yeah. And you know what's worse? He got hungry enough. Remember what he did when he got hungry enough? Who can remember? He was eating the pig food. And the pig food was like in a trough where they just dump out the slop after the meal. And there's stuff floating in there. There's probably stuff crawling in there. There's probably stuff skimming across the scum on the top of what's in there. And he ate it. Do you know why? Because he was starving to death. He had, he had not made wise choices. He had gone out in his own way. He had rejected the ways of his father. And then something happened while he was having pig food run down and drip off of his chin. He, su- he suddenly, oh, what am I doing? My father was great. Even the lowest servant at my father's house eats like a king compared to this. What an idiot I've been. I'm going to go back to my father. And he did. Was his father looking for him? Yeah. Did his father welcome him back? Yes. The Bible said that he fell on his neck, which I think would really hurt. But it means he gave him a big hug. And when the son came back to the father and his ways, his life was not a mess anymore. Young people... And you're stupid if you walk away from the ways of God. And I see it all the time. Lives a wreck because they've ignored the ways of God. Don't do that. Okay? Love the ways of God. Trust Christ and love God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind. Obey and honor your parents because it will go well with you if you do that. Thirdly, love God's ways and the things of God. And the last thing is this. Please surround yourself 
with good companions. Oh man, this is this is like in almost every story. Young person comes in with their mom or dad or with their mom and dad, and they sit down and they unfold this story of tragedy. And almost always, not all the time, but almost always, somewhere in the story, they say this sentence. And then I started hanging out with, you finish it, the wrong crowd. I started hanging out with people who did not love God or the ways of God or the things of God. I started hanging out with people who made foolish choices. And when they did that, automatically their life started heading downhill. It's like when you flush a bug down a toilet. You put it in there, you do it. It'll go counterclockwise, unless you're in Australia and it goes the other way. And, and you can see the bug just going gradually down in the swirl until he disappears. That's what happens in people's lives when they start hanging around companions that are foolish. And the Bible talks about it like everywhere. Let me give you just a few. 1 Corinthians 15.33, great phrase, parents. Bad company corrupts good character. Bad company, foolish companions will make your character bad. It just happens. Proverbs 13.20, he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. That's strong, isn't it? Wow. Proverbs twelve twenty six: The righteous person, young person, old person, should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. Foolish companions will lead you down the wrong path. Go from the presence of a foolish man, Proverbs 14.7 says. Just leave him. Go from the presence of a foolish man when you do not perceive in him the lips of knowledge. And then I started hanging out with the wrong people. Wow. We could go two hours on stories on this one. Young people, this is so critical. When I was a youth pastor, I had a young man in our youth group by the name of James P. 16. I won't give you his full name to protect the innocent or the guilty. James made poor choices in the people he hung out with. I remember in a housing development that, that was there in Abingdon that uh, it was a large, probably three or 400 houses really close together, and James went to a friend's house. He had chose some guys who were had gotten a hold of some cocaine. Uh, cocaine is a very powerful drug that will just send your mind and your nervous system to outer space when you, when you ingest it. James chose some companions who were experimenting with this. He had never had any kind of drug like this. And so his friends said, hey, James, why don't you take this? Take a big hit. You know, take a big hit of this. And James did because he was hanging around idiots. And so when you run like, when you run with skunks, you smell like skunks. That's what my grandmother used to say. <laughs> run with a skunk, you smell like a skunk. So James was running with skunks and he began to smell like a skunk and he began to snort like a skunk. 
and he put it up his nose. And the next thing I know, I was getting a call from his mother. James went out of his mind. And he was a big guy, a very big, strong man. And he had broken through the door on the front of the house. James was in his mind on fire. James took off all of his clothes, every bit of his clothes, and was running down this neighborhood screaming at the top of his lungs that he was on fire. Naked, running through a neighborhood, 3 a.m. in the morning. Boy, life's really great, isn't it, when you hang out with really good people? What a tragic choice. The police were called. Wouldn't you call the police if that happened to your neighborhood? Adults, would you? Okay, just checking. I don't, you guys are very forgiving. Uh, I would call the police. The police came, and they got James. And I went with his mother to the police station while he was still being administered another drug that would make him not crazy. And James was a mess. His life was a mess. I went to the neighborhood and found all of his clothes, his socks, his shoes, his underwear. They were easy to find. They were right on the road as he was running down the road. And I said, James, why? Why? Why are you doing this? And he said, Pastor Greg, I just started hanging out with the wrong people. I said, James, you made one of the classic mistakes that a young person can make. Surround yourselves with good people. Not like that. His life could have been more like Tiffany's. Tiffany grew up in a horrible home. And Tiffany came to one of our events like you have here on this campus here. She came to a teen week. It's not called teen week, though. Here is, is it called teen week? Okay, sorry. Something like a teen week that we did in Abingdon. And she had never heard about God. She'd never heard about Christ. She, she grew up in a house that never really went or talked or anything about God. And Tiffany came to trust Christ as her Savior. She did the most important thing that a young person can do. And her life was just transformed. I, I wish I could tell you all of the things that changed in Tiffany's life. She got a Bible. We gave her a Bible that she began reading. She began to discover the ways of God, which she had never heard about before. She began to hang around adults and teenagers that also trusted Christ and loved the ways of God. And it was like this whole new world to her. And she was in a mess. But when she came to Christ and began to follow the ways of God, her life was turned around in wonderful ways. I wish she could stand with me here today. She would tell you, oh, my life was a wreck. And then I found Christ. And then I began to hang around these people who helped me find the best things. She's married now with three beautiful children. And it is going well with her. Young people, I beg you, find the greatest of people to make your companions because that will help you follow God. And that's why your parents are on you, all right? They're watching who you call on your phone. They're checking out your Facebook page. They'll ask you questions. Do you know why? It's because they love you and they know the power of 
who you hang around with and what that does to influence you. Don't think they're dumb or don't think they're being just mean when they ask you those questions. They're doing that because they love you and they understand how critical this is. I would love for none of you to ever be in an office where you're laying out a mess of your life. It's not to please do if you find yourself in a mess, seek help, seek the people of God. They'll love you and help you. But don't get there in the first place. If you are a young person, I beg you of these four things. They've come across time after time after time. Trust Christ. Love the Lord your God. Obey and honor your parents. Love the ways of God. And please surround yourself with good companions. If you do this... It opens doors to you that makes your life the best you can possibly live here. I love young people. I love kids. I love teens. And I want to see you have the best. The people here that are around you, the old people, they feel exactly the same way. And moms and dads, I encourage you around the quiet moments around a fire or before you go to bed while you're lying there talking about the events of the day, enforce these things with your young people because I've seen what happens when they're absent. And I would pray they're not true for your family. And young people, those of you who are not yet old enough to vote, ask your mom and dad or your grandparents, are these things really true? That, uh, that short, pudgy, balding guy, I mean, was that true what he said? Is it really that big a deal? Does it really make a difference in your life if you do those things? You ask your mom and dad, your, your grandma or grandpa that, and they will help you understand, and they will help love you to make these things a part of your life. I hate messes. I hate messes. And I love successes when I see them in the lives of young people. Young people, I pray that your lives will be successes. And you're in a great place to have that happen. What a great church family you have here. What great things you hear and how great encouragement you get. I pray that you will run with it and have the best life possible. Would you pray with me, please? Father, I pray for these not old enough to vote yet. I thank you for the fact that they are here. They're having such a great time at an event like this, this annual event. I thank you that you have been giving these children to these families as truly a heritage of the Lord. I pray your blessing upon them. I've seen some tonight that are just weeks old. And I've seen some of these young people who are no longer young people. They're young adults driving and ready to go off to college. They're all in this whole span. And I pray your blessing on them. I pray your blessing on the parents and grandparents of these young people. And, and Fellowship Bible Church is a collection of families. And Father, I know that at the heart of this church are strong marriages and strong families. And I pray that you would truly enable that to occur here. Help these young people to see how important these principles are 
for their lives. Help us to be good examples as adults. Help us to have these hard talks and talk about these big issues that have such an enormous effect on the lives of children and teens. And mostly, Father, help us to listen to you. Help us not to have to learn the hard way. Keep us from messes and steer us toward successes as we follow you fully. And we dedicate these young people to you and pray your blessing upon them. In your name we pray. Amen.